0: You know, I want to tell you a, just a quick story. Uh, and there's some of you that you're not going to, maybe you won't quite understand the impact of this, but, but I'll, I'll share it with you anyway. A couple of weeks ago, we were at our, our convention down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And uh, so we went down there. And you're, you'll recall, let me say this you'll recall a couple of weeks ago, I told you about Julius Udeniwe. Remember that story? Went to Nigeria. He came to America as a missionary uh, to, to share the gospel with Americans from Nigeria. And so uh, he came here and then he, he was talking to me and, and he had not gone back for many years and he wanted to go back and he was talking about going back. You recall I told you that story. And so he went back there and began to see the need in Nigeria of the people his homeland, and and went back there and started drilling wells and building churches and doing all kinds of things, and he goes back and forth like that. So you recall that story. So I was at our, and, and Julius is not affiliated in any way, shape, or form with any uh, denomination. Okay, you got. I want you to understand that he's not affiliated with any any group. He just happened to come to our church because his neighbor. Jeff Davidson invited him, so that's why he came to our church. And so, uh, but anyway, I was at our convention down there in Gatlinburg, and I was sitting by Alan and Jada Tano, their missionaries to Ivory Coast, and there was another gentleman there with them, and we were all sitting together, and so I just had a minute, and I was striking up a conversation with this fella, and it was obvious that he was from Africa. And I asked him, he said, are you from Ivory Coast? Because we got a great connection with Ivory Coast. Because several years ago, we built a church in Yamasucro, Life Rock, we built a church in Yamasucro, south uh, on the Ivory Coast there. And so we've got a connection. And some of those guys came back here about, I don't know, they came back here in 2018 or something, 2019, and we were just starting to do the foundation, and they stood over here and prayed over this property, okay? And that's another story. And so we got this great connection with Ivory Coast. And so the fellow told me, he said, I am not from the Ivory Coast. I'm from Nigeria. So it's like, okay, great. Well, I know Julius Udenyewe, and I know you don't know him because there's 213 million people that live in Nigeria. And so he's sitting there, and I'm telling this story about Julius going back and drilling wells and doing all this. The guy finally tells me, he said, I know him. Yeah, right, right, 213 million people, and you know one guy that I'm telling you about. He says, I know him. I said, okay, man, that's really something. You're here, you're here from Africa, and you know him. You know, We got a mutual friend. It's a small world, right? So he's, we're, we're sitting, we're talking, we're, we're chit-chatting and stuff. So I, I said, I have his phone number. And so I looked, pulled his phone number up, and uh, I said, maybe you want his number. I said, I've got two for him. He said, okay, give me his phone number. So I gave him his phone number. He looks at the other phone number. He said, I've already got that one. He shows me his phone. Julius Yue. it's the same number I've got. I said, wow, man. I said, this is a God thing that we're meeting today, okay? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, uh, sometimes we, we think, uh, we look at how large the world is, but I want to tell you this, that, that God's got people all over the world. We had some students that came, came here from South Africa, and you'll recall they were, they, were, they were doctorate students, and they came here and they were part of Life Rock Church for three or four months as at, the, at the University of Missouri, and they made this statement. They said, we can go all over the world. And we can go to a church and we can find other believers and we have family, okay? And so what I'm trying to tell you is this, we got family all around the world. Jesus Christ, the love of God brings us all together and we've got family all around about us, okay? And so let me me encourage you, if you feel all alone, you got family, okay? If If you feel like no one cares, you got family. There's people that love you. More importantly than that, God loves you. God loves you. God is calling your name. He is. He's speaking to you. I met a fellow that came in this morning. His name's Sade. Stick your hand up, Sade. Suede. Gotcha, Swade. I was talking to this guy, and uh, he was telling me, give, kind of giving me his per- personal testimony. I'll just tell you that. Maybe he can, he can share that with you sometime. But the, just the love of God. Just the love of God. Just the hand of God. And God has your number. God has your name. God is watching over you. And so we can rest assured that fact that the Lord is with us. And he is guiding you. He is leading you. He is ordering your steps. Whether you realize it or not. Right now, you say, I'm going through a mess. My life is a train wreck. God knows who you are today. And God's calling out to you today. Just put your hope and put your faith in him. Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, verse number 1. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, says this. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. And he appointed a high official to rule over every province. And the king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officials and protect the king's interests. And Daniel soon proved himself more capable than any other Are all of the other administrators and high officials. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire kingdom. And then the other administrators and high officials began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful. He was always responsible. He was completely trustworthy. And so they concluded... Our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. This week we're celebrating the founding of America, the greatest nation in in history. And America is great not because a bunch of smart people got together, but America is great because of the greatness of God. Because of the hand of God, if you if you study the history, you will find that there was, there was divine providence and, and divine provision, and in many instances that God came down and God intervened from time in many many circumstances to, to bring the founding of America to, together. And if there's any sin or ill in America's history, it can be a com- It can be attributed to a complete disregard for God's word, okay? It can be be attributed to men that rejected what God, the principles that God wrote in his word. But we are celebrating America. Yes, our history is marked by mistakes and shortcomings of man, but we can see the hand of God throughout the history as people repented of their sins and God intervened and brought us back on course today. Today we're celebrating the greatness of America, and yet in our modern culture, we see that there's something happening in America, and there's radical change taking place in timeless traditions, if you will, and in institutions. God has been replaced with humanitarian efforts and humanitarian deeds. I'm all for those kind of things. I'm all for feeding the hungry. It's what Jesus was doing. I'm all for blessing. Jesus was was teaching about going into the prisons and visiting those that was in prison. He was going out. he He was... preaching and encouraging the disciples to go out and minister to the orphans. I'm for all those things. But if we just go out and we feed the hungry and we build shelters and we fail to tell the story, the gospel of Jesus Christ, we've completely missed the mark. But we're celebrating America and we're celebrating the greatness of God. And there's radical change that has happened today. Good is being called evil, and evil is being called good. But I want to encourage you this morning. I, I've not come to, to uh, make you discouraged. I have not come to cause d- depression in your life. I have come to tell you that there's good news because God is still alive. And God is still, that's that's good. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. God is still on his throne, all right? And God is still good. And we have got an opportunity to intercede for America, and more importantly, to intercede for people that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So this morning, let me encourage you to continue to share your faith, and the first thing that I want to talk to you about is this, to be an intercessor. Be an intercessor. You say, what in the world is an intercessor? An intercessor is a go-between. An intercessor is an advocate. An intercessor is someone that prays for and on behalf of another individual. An intercessor is someone that acts for or on behalf of someone else. So be an intercessor. You say, why is it important? Because intercessors can be world changers. All right? Intercessors can begin to pray And intercessors literally move the hand of God. And so be an intercessor. Yes, the foundations of America are crumbling. Marriage and the family are under attack. The divorce rate is over 50%. And in fact, we can get all high and pious and almighty about that and say, well, look at that. The divorce rate is 50%. But did you realize this? The divorce rate in the church is just about as high as in the church as it is among unbelievers, okay? So that's a, that's a huge problem that we've got. Yes, the traditions and the foundations of America are crumbling today, and laws of marriage are being rewritten, and large percentages of children are living outside the home of their biological parents. But God doesn't want us to be hopeless, but God wants us to be intercessors where we're praying for one another where we're lifting up one another, where we're sharing the good news. Yes, our government is under attack because it no longer upholds biblical principles on which it was founded. It's, it seems to be run by elite people that know how to manipulate it to get what they want out of it. You say, well, let's just quit. Let's just give up. No, let's intercede for our leaders. Let's pray for our presidents, okay? Let's pray for our governor. Let's pray for our lawmakers. Let's pray for, our, for those that are in authority because God has told us to do. In fact, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. He said, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people and ask God to help them intercede on their behalf. There's that word intercede and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Paul told Timothy, he said, intercede. He said, don't just talk about them, but intercede for them. Pray for them. Call out their name. I I realize this. The US educational system is under attack. Thank God we've got some great school teachers, okay? We've got some great school teachers in this auditorium today that love God with all their heart, all right? And they're serving God. They're standing strong. They're praying for their students in spite of the fact that our US educational system is under attack. Intellectual skepticism is the religion that's taught. Here's a sad fact. 70 to 75% of Christian youth will leave the church after high school. What we've got to do, if, if we've got any teachers in here, okay, and I'm talking about teachers that get this, okay, understand this. If you're a teacher at Life Rock Church, if you teach a class on Sunday morning, if you teach a nursery class, if you teach a youth ministry, let's be sure that we get the gospel on the inside of our children, okay? Because Kids' ministry is not just, it's not babysitting service, okay? We care for our children. We love our children. We want to teach them. We want to train them. Train up a child in the way that he or she should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. So let's remember we get one opportunity to teach. You know, you see Genevieve Cross on the stage? She started out as one of the kids on our bus that we picked up, okay? Okay? And then she came and got involved. Then there's others that are here today. Tamisa is here. Greg McSwain is here. These guys started out as bus kids. Not Greg, because he was born in the church, but Tamisa. Tamisa. He wasn't born at church, okay? (laughs) He was born between the second and third song, okay? No. You know what I'm trying to say, okay? But Tamisa Townsend was a young girl who we had a youth revival in our church, and she came to the youth revival. We had a brand new youth pastor. His name was Mike Coling. There's some of you that know Mike Coling, and Mike Coling said, "Man, I want to start. I want to start a skateboard ministry because the skateboard ministry is where it's at. It's where it's going." And back in those days, I was sitting on the church board. Mike came with this proposition. He was going to build a skateboard, a skate park, and I'm like, hey, the insurance is going to be too high. We can't do that. <laughs> That's what the board members said. And so uh, he kind of ditched that idea. It wasn't that great of an idea anyway, and, and, and he began to focus. He began to focus on, on kids. He began to drive a school bus to meet kids. So he could bring them to church and begin to bring them. And we had a youth re, re, revival with Dyrin uh, Deer and, uh, oh, can't remember what the name of the group. They, they brought them in, and they did a youth revival. And Tamisa was one of the kids that came to the youth, youth revival. And when she came, she went home and told her mom. She's a girl about 11 or 12 years old. She went home and told her mom. And her mom comes back and brings her whole family to church with them. And it all started with youth ministry and with kids ministry. And I said all that to say this, to remind you that let's take the opportunity to teach and to train because our educational system in America is totally out of whack. And, and, and today it's been taken over. Most, college, most Christian students are unequipped to resist the anti-Christian, you know, ideology and mindset that's out of there. College professors are five times more likely to identify themselves as atheists than the general public. And more than half of all college professors view evangelical uh, Christian students unfavorably. And we got the new atheists like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harrison and Christopher Hitchens who are writing books, and they're growing in popularity. But listen, this isn't a time to quit. This isn't a time to get cynical. This isn't a time to get frustrated. This is a time to be intercessors. Why? Because intercessors are world changers. When we begin to pray for our school system, and we begin to pray for our teachers, and we begin to pray for the administrators, and we say, God, get a hold of them. Listen, God can deal with people. God can speak to someone's heart that seems whole, so hard, and God can take that whole old, car, cold, dead heart, and he can bring it to life. He can do that today, so let's pray. Let's let, let's, let's pray for our government. Let's pray for our schools. Let's pray for our children today. We need to make intercession for the church. Because the church many times is, is totally disregarded as irrelevant and antiquated. And every attempt is made to restrict and, and bind the church. We saw this during COVID. When you could go to a liquor store, because the liquor store was it, it was it was ruled as, as a necessity. But church was just optional, okay? And so we saw that. And people could not go into a church and they could not assemble in many cities. In this city, it made it very difficult if you were in in the city limits here to come together and to worship. You know, there's this move to, to, to take the church into oblivion where it's completely forgotten and completely unknown, and I've got other things I could say, but let me go on. Satan is trying to stop the gospel message. Pulpit committees produce non offensive messages. Pulpit committees pr- produce messages and sermons that are free of Bible verses and scriptural references. They're trying to craft a pleasing message. We had, we had a guest who came to our church a few years ago or several years ago, and they said, Here's what I like best about your church. You actually read the Bible. You actually read Bible verses because the church that I go to doesn't because they're afraid they're going to offend someone. Listen, we got to get back to the Word of God because the Word of God is, yes, the Word of God will affect us where we're living. The Word of God will show us the errors of their ways. The devil is very cunning. He's trying to silence believers today. But don't let the devil silence you. We need to be intercessors. Where we are praying and we're calling out the names of our loved ones. And we're, we're, we're calling out our family members and, 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 and praying for them today. We're holding on to, let's don't just talk about our faith, but let's live out our faith today. Because this is the will of God. America's in turmoil. And a lot of folks talk about the turmoil. We post stuff on Facebook about the turmoil. We're frustrated about the turmoil and 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 what happens is frustration leads to apathy. The devil wants to place apathy in your heart. Where and, and churches are closing today. We are selling churches because we can't find pastors to take them over. We, we got a church down not far from our campground. Somebody asked the question. They said, "Why is that church closed?" Why isn't there a pastor? I told the fellow, and he, he is a minister. I said, do you want to go down there and do you want to be the pastor? We're looking for a pastor. We're looking for a... Churches are closing today. People have, have, have an empathetic spirit and an empathetic mind. And I, I just hate to say this today, but uh, we need people to get rid of the complacency and realize this, that that yes, we're living in the last days, the end times, and let us be intercessors and let's do the will of God. Next-gen leaders often don't consider the ministry a viable option due to low pay and hourly demands. Now we got a student here, uh, a graduate of Messenger College, Cassidy Weldon. Cassidy, where you at? Cassidy Weldon, right over here. Just give her a hand. Appreciate Cassie, just graduated from Messenger College in May. And she is working here. She, she was down at convention, and she was down there working down there in, in, in Gatlinburg. Then she's come, because this is home, uh, home, this is home. And, 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 and River Point is home, and she's going to be down there working all summer long, or all during the month at our camps, and then after that, she's going and taking a position as a kids pastor, youth pastor down in Texas. And I appreciate you, Cassidy. I appreciate that, that commitment to the ministry. Love you for that. Love you for that. But in, in so many cases, next-gen leaders don't even see it as an option because they say, well, what does it pay? How much? What, what's, the, what's the housing allowance? What, what's this? What's, what's that today? But we need to pray. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for our pastors. We need to pray for next-gen leaders that will step up. I pray this, God, give us some intercessors like Daniel. Be an intercessor. An intercessor is a go-between. An intercessor is an advocate. An intercessor is a man or a woman that knows how to pray and knows how to talk to God. You say, What in the world is that all about? That's simply talking to God like you talk to a friend. And begin to call out the name of someone else. Begin to call out the name of, of, a, of a, the president, a senator, a teacher. You, you get the point. A pastor, a leader. Call their names out. Be an intercessor. The second thing I'm going to talk to you about today is this, live out your faith. Live out your faith. Let me, let me get to this story real quick about Daniel. Real quick, live out your faith. And I realize that my time is almost over, and uh, I can always go into part two. That's not a, that's not a problem. But let me, let me just give you just a little bit of this real quick right now, and then I'll, I'll be done. Point number two, live out your faith. Satan tried to silence the faith of Daniel. Daniel was a Hebrew captive living in Babylon. He'd been living there for many years. He went there as a young man. He went there as one of the best and one of the brightest. And God gave Daniel unusual wisdom. In, in many instances, he interpreted the dreams of, of kings and leaders. And God promoted him to the highest position. Promotion comes from God. It doesn't come from man. You've got to understand that. His promotion came from God. From, from God. The leaders, other leaders became jealous of Daniel as he began to rise in the ranks. Other people began to try to find fault and begin to condemn. I want you to understand this, that in, in Daniel chapter 6, Daniel is no longer a 25-year-old man. He is now an old man. He's probably 75 or 80 years old. He's an old man. And he is threatened with a decree Stop praying to your God or we're going to throw you in the lion's den. They tried to silence Daniel, but he was an intercessor. He was a world changer. He wanted, to, he wanted to call out the name of God. He wanted to impact the place Babylon, the foreign country that he lived in. He was an intercessor. And he was challenged to deny God told to abandon his faith and be thrown to the lion's den. But he was not shaken. Do not be shaken. Keep living out your faith. I don't care what happens. I don't care what you're told. Keep living out your faith and being an intercessor. No one can silence that. You know, in 1962, they took prayer out of school. I went all the way through the school system. Believe it or not, they never had prayer when I was in school. You say, Pastor Bob, you are so old they probably had prayer back then. No, they never did, okay? But you know what, Kathy? I could always pray. I could close my eyes and I could pray anytime I wanted to. And our students can still do that today. They can still do that today. No one can silence our prayer today. But Daniel was challenged to deny God. He was not shaken, He was not deterred in his love for God. And after the the decree was made, he prayed louder and more fervently and more consistently than ever. He continued to pray three times every single day with his windows wide open. And they sentenced him to the lion's den. Here he is. He's 75 or 80 years old. He's not as agile. He's not as quick as he used to be. But he said, that's okay. If I have to, I'll go into that lion's den. He went in there. He stood on his faith. He stood and continued to believe. He stood and continued. I believe when he was in the lion's den, he was intercessing. He was praying. He was calling out not only for himself, but I believe more importantly, he was calling out for those people that were lost and didn't know God. He lived out his faith. I'm closing. I'm closing, guys. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near we got to hold tightly to our faith. Don't waver in your faith. We have to know exactly what we stand for. And that is the reason that I'm continually encouraging you to read the Bible, to get into the book and read it every single day. You might not read 10 chapters. Hey, read 10 Bible verses and get it on the inside of you and find out exactly what the Word of God says, and find out exactly what you believe in. You say, why? That way you won't be shaken in your faith. You'll stand strong, and God will teach you as you read the Word of God. He will teach you how to live out your faith. He will teach you to trust in His promises. I pray this, God help us to encourage and motivate one another to kindness and good works. God help me, as, as, a, as a father, I know I'm the pastor, okay, but for many years I was not a pastor, I was just, Debbie and I were working in a local church for many years. We served in a local church, and, and really if I had my way about it, I would just still be serving in a local church somewhere, because I'm a real good Caleb, I'm a real good Caleb, but God said, no, go plant a church. But we worked, Debbie and I, Debbie's here in the auditorium with, with us today, and we served in local church. We, we we worked there in our local church. We supported our local church. Let me encourage you to do that. Then on Sunday morning, and, and I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate all the moms and dads that are here today. I appreciate you guys for, for bringing your families and your children to church. But when you get up on Sunday morning, Say this, hey, guys, kids, get ready. We're going to church today. We're going to the house of God today. We're going we're gonna to go pray. This afternoon, we can go play ball. We can do whatever we want to. But this, this morning, we are going to the house of God and lead your family into the things. And I thank you and I appreciate you for doing that today. Be an intercessor because intercessors are world changers. God has not called me. God has not called me to sit around and be frustrated about the world, okay? God has not called me to sit around and talk about the lousy condition of the world that we live in. God has not called me to, to, to talk about our, our lousy politicians, no. God has called me to be an intercessor, to pray for them, to call out their name. That's what God has called me to do. God has called me to do this, to live out my faith, To stand upon his word and to not be shaken. That is the will of God. The devil tried to stop Daniel, but praise God, Daniel was not shaken. And unbelievers saw the glory of God, and and they became believers. And their lives were changed. Their lives were changed. Their lives were changed. Let's close with this prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. Lord, there is hope. Hope is alive. The message is is more powerful and truthful than it's ever been. That you love men and women. You love young people. You love children. And God, it is not your will that any would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. Help me to be an intercessor, to be a go-between, to be an advocate, to work on behalf, to pray on behalf of other people to call out the names of my leaders, to call out the names of people that maybe I disagree with philosophically or, or politically. Let me call out their name, not with in frustration and in fear, but God, let me call out their name in love and in sincerity. Help me to lead my family, to lead my children, to lead my grandchildren, to know you, to walk with you, to love you, I pray. Help me to be sure in my walk, sure in my faith, to know exactly what I believe in. And I pray, God, that every one of us will pray that same prayer. God, teach me your ways. Teach us your ways. Teach us, Lord, I pray, to love others, to change our world through Jesus Christ. In Christ's name, amen. Hey, let's stand today. Let's stand. I got a lot more stuff I could have shared with you today, but there's another time.